return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Friday was at the Sioux Falls Prayer Breakfast at the Ramcota. Had over a thousand people there, and uh, business leaders and all kinds of people and so forth. It was really, really an awesome time. I've been there for the last years, but uh, they give me a seat close front. It's really nice. And uh, but the other day, I'm sitting there, and then guy comes and sits next to me. So in the 1960s, we were listening to the rock station in Sioux Falls, KISD. That was the Station people listen. If you saw the Jesus Revolution movie, that'd be like the station they're listening to, you know. And uh, uh, the host, the key host, Jerry Damon, was there and, and uh, so forth. Well, anyway, some years ago, I uh, was doing a radio program in Sioux Falls, and, and Jerry was there and uh, talked a little bit about our daughter's healing and stuff. And then yesterday, or Friday, Jerry comes and sits by me. And I'm thinking, oh, hi, you know. And, uh, you know, and then I just talked to him a little bit about Jesus, and he said, yeah, ten years ago. And I think, isn't God good? You know, all, all his life, you know, he lived another way and did other things. But ten years ago, he really found Jesus and began to serve the Lord. And I don't know how old Jerry is. He's got to be close to 80s, I suppose. So, But I just thought, hallelujah, for God's grace, forgiveness, and all that. And here, here Jerry is now living for Jesus. So a real, a real blessing, you know. Uh, Easter, we, boy, I just love talking about the goodness of God. Uh, Matthew 27, uh, there's a scripture that says that when Christ died uh, and the spirit, the spirit left him, that the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Earthquake, the rocks were split. So, so Christ dies for our sins. Now, the thing about the veil, it, it protected the Holy of Holies. So no one could go in there other than once a year the high priest could go in to make atonement for sins. But, but now that veil was torn from top to bottom. They couldn't say, oh, somebody else pulled it and tore it up. You know, no, they tore it down. And so now it ushered in the New Testament. Now, the beauty of that is it allows whoever wants to follow Jesus can enter into his presence. That's the beauty of it. You know, that like, like in Hebrews, it says we can come boldly before the throne of grace. So too many times people think it's a throne of judgment, you know. No, it's not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. So when people, if they read their Bible, would understand God is very, very, very gracious. Hallelujah. His nature is love. He loves people. So this veil was torn from top to bottom. 
and opened up. And so now all of a sudden, you know, it allows all of us to enter into his presence. Now, this is huge. Amen. To be in the presence of God, to live in his presence and in his presence is fullness of joy. You should you should notify your mouth that it's good to smile. Turn to your neighbor and say it's good to smile. It's good, it's good to smile. I think I think we have teeth more than just for chewing, but to express something to people that God is good. Amen. So so it's good to smile because of what he's done. Now, Hebrews then says Hebrews 10 verse 19 and 20 then says, therefore, having boldness to enter the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. So now we come before the throne of grace boldly. We enter into this holy place with boldness, not because we're perfect. No, it's all because he is. Amen. So it's not that you live such a good life. But if you have faith in Jesus Christ, it opens the door for us all to live in that place by a new and living way through the veil that is through his flesh. So he brought, he made this open door for all of us that we can live, walk, experience life in his presence. There's good things there. There's peace. There's power. Amen. There's like we're doing here today. We're praising the praising the Lord. All those things are in his presence. Heaven's a wonderful place. Amen. Down here is dress rehearsal. Uh, that's why I even like like uh, that we have cultures and stuff here, because down here is dress rehearsal. Revelation says before the throne are people from all nations, nationalities, languages, skin colors, cultures, all these things. And this is dress rehearsal now. Amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to get along with people. <laughs> you've got to get along with people. Amen. You've got you to learn. You've got to learn to love everybody all the time. Amen. Not just not just people you like everybody all the time. That's how it is. That's what Jesus did. Amen. So so he opened this door for us that we could now live in his presence. Now, uh, uh, you know, the stories through, of course, to the crucifixion and he was buried in Matthew. It says that in Matthew 27 and so forth. They laid a great stone over the tomb. I think I think uh, it took his body. A large stone over the door of the tomb. Now you can imagine, I think about this, you can imagine picking up a, a rock, you know, that's just this big. It's amazing how heavy rocks are. Kurt would understand this, that they're very heavy. And, and now we have a very large stone that's covering the door of this tomb. And then it's sealed by the Romans. So there's a seal. So legally you cannot open that. You can't touch that or anything like that. Or it's trouble for you, right? So they sealed... They seal this tomb. And, and then it comes in Mark 16. The women are coming to the tomb. Uh, you know, the first, understand this, the first time we celebrate, we celebrate Easter today and we're excited and we're happy. But on that Sunday, it was pretty depressing. It was very depressing. Their king was dead. Hope was dead. <laughs> they're, living, they're living in fear. So it wasn't like, okay, three days, woo, woo, this is great. No, they're... they're the disciples are nowhere to be found. They're living in fear. Their king that they had put hope in is dead. Their hope for change in Israel is gone. And so now it's, they're getting up on that Sunday morning like, oh, you want some tea? Okay, we'll have some tea, you know. I mean, really low. Really low. God bless these women. I believe it's pretty neat how women follow Jesus. Can you say amen? And they're going to the tomb they're going to the tomb. And now they have, they have a question amongst themselves. Now, they're coming by faith. They're getting up early. And they're coming by faith. And here's, here's the question. 
Well, who's going to roll away the stone? There's a problem here. The problem is, I mean, they're getting up in good faith and they're going to go to the tomb and they want to anoint the body for Jesus. But the problem is there's a big stone and they're ladies, right? So it's not like they're going to just say, oh, heave ho, we'll just get rid of this, this uh, stone here. But there's somebody who's always bigger than your problem. You should write this down in your notes. Somebody is always bigger than your problem. Amen. Somebody's always greater than your circumstances. We can look at the circumstances at life and we're, you know, we're always pretty good to try to figure it out, what we're going to do. But sometimes you just can't figure it out. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Sometimes the problem is way bigger than us. Amen. Way bigger than me. I, I don't know, Lord. But what does he ask you to do? Just keep walking by faith and they're coming to the tomb. Now, the question is, who's going to roll away the stone? They don't know. See, we have the benefit of reading scripture. And we can know certain things are going to happen and say, angels coming, hey, this is going to happen. They didn't have any of that. So they're walking by faith and they're coming to the place of where the tomb went through the garden and to the tomb and so forth like that. Who's, who's going to do it? Now, Matthew 28 then says that an angel comes down and there's an earthquake. Now, obviously, pretty big deal. The Roman soldiers, they fall to the ground, they scatter and stuff. And when the, the ladies come, I want you to see this, the, the stone is rolled back, they rolled back the stone of the door, the, the angel did, and sat on it. I'd underline that. All he did, he just, he's on top of the problem. The problem was the stone, okay? So who's going who's gonna, to, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? Well, God is always bigger. And I don't know why the angel sat on it other than some sort of typology or whatever, but I'll just sit up here. And he's sitting on top of the problem that they had, of course, were coming to face. And, and, and so they see the stone rolled away. You know the story. They come in, the tomb, the tomb is empty and so forth like that. But God is always bigger than your problem. God is always above your problem. When you get down, the worst place to do is look down, look up. You almost have to force yourself. You almost have to realize, okay, I don't know the answer, but he does. Amen. I'm not big enough to do this, but he is. So you have to look up. Turn to your neighbor and say, look up. Look up to see, and just spiritually, I mean, understand that God is bigger. He's bigger than your circumstances. He is above those things, and he always is. So the angel comes and sits on top of the stone that was rolled away. Now, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 6, say, it says that, that God, who's rich in mercy, and I love this. You should underline this in your Bible. He's rich in mercy. He's not waiting for you to make a mistake. He just wants you to follow him. Amen. Just follow Jesus. He's rich in mercy because of his great love. Which he loved us. God gave his son, Jesus Christ. All right? So he's rich in mercy toward us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. Romans says, even while we were his enemies. I mean, I thank, I thank God when I was a student at South Dakota State, and, which wasn't just yesterday, but anyway, it was a while ago, that he, he comes to touch people whose hearts are searching for him. And he touched me in a nightclub, changed my life. I was dead in sin. I was his enemy. I wasn't living for him, right? But he made us alive 
Notice what it says, together with Christ. So the beauty of the resurrection is that when Christ rose and we can walk into that holy place and so forth, he made us all alive. In other words, he, he opened that door for anybody on this planet who wants to follow him. Now, he's not going to make people follow him. It's just an invitation. Like he gave the disciples, come follow me. They had a choice. People have choices. But he made a choice that he made us alive in Christ through the grace that, that we're saved. He raised us up. Say up. God is an upper. He raised us up together. So as Christ rose spiritually, we also participated and experienced later in our lives. But we, we experienced that same resurrection coming alive, being born from above, born again. So he raised us up. He made us sit together. So he made a spot for us to be in heavenly places. He made a spot for us to sit in his presence. So he raised us up. Now we sit above. We sit above the problems of the world or circumstances of the world or all those things because we can live in his presence. Now, too many times as people, we get we're wallowing in all the other stuff of the world. And pretty soon we're down, discouraged, or fighting against people and so forth. And the Lord said, no, why, why live that way? Why don't you live here in victory and just be a light for others Amen. to see Jesus? Amen. Amen. To be a, a person of love, to be a person of grace. He's rich in mercy. I mean, we all experience mercy, right? If you experience mercy, you should give mercy. You find somebody who you may not like, whatever, give them mercy. Well, they don't deserve it, and neither did you. <laughs> none, of us, none of us were good enough to deserve this. No, it's because of His grace that He gave us mercy, because of His grace that He'll raise us up and allowed us to sit. sit. Now, in other words, it's not like visiting heaven. Like, you, know, you know what I mean. It's not up and down like a roller coaster Christian. No, you can just live in this place in victory. Live in His presence. In his presence, now again, understand, there's no discouragement, no depression, no anger, no hate, no, no any of those things of the flesh. But in his presence, just look at the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. All those things that are in his presence, because that's him. Amen? And that's when he opened the door for us, so that we can sit above. Deuteronomy says, we're the head and not the tail. We're above only. He made his people to walk in high places. He made you to live in a place that you can walk, even though you're in the world, you can still walk in victory. You can still have peace. You can still have joy. You can still experience life. People say, well, you don't know where I work. Well, folks, he's bigger than the circumstances on your job or whatever, the campus or anything like that. He's bigger than anything that you face. Our job is to live for Jesus, to be a light for him, to spread this good news out to the world in which we live. It's a good thing. Amen. See, the world needs to see Christians. Sadly, sadly, you know, as people talk about the church, you know, the world talking about the church, and they, they identify with so many bad things. Folks, are, wow, it's good. It's all good. So they need to see you and see your life. See your commitment that will bring hope to their lives. 
All around us, all around us, without Christ, the world is hopeless. Who's going to change it? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not a political party. It's not a candidate. It's not some, uh, somebody else. No, nothing like that. Only Jesus Christ can change lives. Only Jesus can do that. Amen? He has the power to transform an enemy into a friend. That's how Martin Luther King Jr. lived his life. The power to transform an enemy into a friend. Well, that's because of the love of God. Not just your natural love, because that runs out on me, right? It just runs. I have so much to give and like, oh, I need help. You know, while I can draw from the Holy Ghost, I can tap into his power and to his love. Amen. (laughs) All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 14. So now we want to look at a story here. Matthew 14. Sometimes people think that problems come because they're out of the will of God. Okay, so they think, well, I got these problems. Well, it must be I'm out of the will of God. Christians get in that all the time. Something happened, so it's because of sin. The world is fallen. Okay, so everything that happens in the world, all the bad things that happen in the world, ultimately are a result of Adam's sin. And because of Adam's sin... And falling, that, that allowed the enemy, the devil, to come in and do all kinds of bad stuff in the world. So Jesus said to the disciples, I want you to get in the boat, go to the other side, and he sent the, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went to the mountain by himself to pray, and the evening came, he was there alone. So Jesus t- asked the disciples to, to get into this boat and go to the other side. Now, anything, anything that's of God we're going to have opposition. The devil doesn't want you to succeed. The devil doesn't want you to be happy. Sometimes people say, well, if if Jesus rose from the dead, how come I'm not happy? Well, it's not his fault. (laughs) Okay, you have an adversary, and and that is the devil, and that's where adversity comes from. So so the very fact, like, like in any, say, take an athletic event. If you're going to win a contest, you have opposition. You have to overcome the opposition. Spiritually, if you're going to win in life, you have to overcome the opposition. Now, we've all been sinners and so forth, but now we overcome sin. We overcome bad habits. We overcome the things of the world that would make us want to hate, make us want to do bad things, right? We overcome those things to now live in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Live a different life. He wants us to live differently. So we face this adversity that is natural because we are in a supernatural realm. So trouble comes. Now, in the book of Matthew, we go on from there, verse 24. It says that the boat was now in the midst of the sea, tossed by the waves, so the wind was contrary, it was against them. Now, where's Jesus in all this? Well, he's praying. (laughs) So he sends the multitudes away, he just fed them. He's praying and, and all that. Sometimes you might think, he's not aware of what's going on. He's fully aware of what's going on. He knows everything about our lives. He cares for us the most. He knows us the best and loves us the most. <laughs> so he knows every, everything that you may do that you realize, I would never want that public. I wouldn't want people to know. He knows it all about, all about it. He knows about all your thoughts and still loves you the most. That's amazing. So he's up praying, and he sends them away. So it was his will for them to go to the other side, but now the wind is contrary. Now the wind is against them, and they're tossed with the waves. They're in a storm. 
Many people get in storms of life, right? There's storms all the time that comes, come against us. And some of those storms could come with our health, but it could come with finances. It could come with relationships. It can come all kinds of ways. So now, so it's the fourth watch of the night. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. So, so Jesus sees all these situations. If Jesus is praying for us, what would he, what would he pr- be praying probably the most? He would be praying that your faith would stay strong. Even when he looked at Peter, and Peter said, I'm never going to deny you. And Jesus said, hey, the devil wants to sift you like wheat. But I prayed that your faith would not fail. He didn't, Jesus, understand me now, he didn't bind the devil. We've got Christians all the time, they're binding things, and they're loosing things, and they're just in a tizzy, frothing in prayer. Jesus never bound the devil. There's a lot to teach on these things, but he, he spoke to Peter to have faith. Amen. Why? Because it was an attack, a personal attack against Peter. Therefore, Peter had to deal with the attack. Sometimes we want to take on other people's battles. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, you can't do that. Jesus never did do that. He wasn't binding the devil over other people. and so, Never did that. Never did that. Didn't pray against the devil at all. He told him exactly what the devil was going to do. And the devil did it, sifted him to get him to do what? To deny his faith. To turn, to turn, not only did he deny Jesus, but just go away. Don't follow him anymore to run from Jesus and thank God he didn't. So here's, here's these battles that come in our lives. And so we have to, if you have a battle, you have to fight your battle. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't run from your battle. Don't run from your battle. Don't ignore the battle. You have to fight the battle. And how do you fight it? You fight it in faith. It's not a physical battle. It's a, it's a fight of faith. Your faith. Your believing. Your trust. He, he gave you the power to overcome any problem that you face. He gave you the anointing to do that. Even to recognize it. To think, ah, my battle isn't that person. My battle is a spiritual battle. See, too many people are fighting other people. No, 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 don't fight other people. Fight, fight in a spiritual way, amen. <laughs> amen, so you can walk in victory. So, so Jesus had sent them along the way. Now they face the opposition. They're tossed about. Everything, everything would appear that it's against them. They're laboring in this battle. Remember the other time they were in a storm as well? Jesus is asleep in the boat. Remember that one? In the middle of the storm, Jesus is asleep. Jesus speaks peace to the storm. Let me say this again. You can't speak peace to your storm unless you have peace in the storm. You can't, you can't, you can't be praying out of fear and all this stuff. No, no, no. You've got to have peace, the peace of God. Peace of God in you. And then remember what Jesus said to him. He says, why, why, why did you doubt? Why didn't you speak against the storm? And they're like, well... You mean we have, we have authority to stand against storms? Yes, you do. Here also, now, now he's letting them just, they're toiling away, tough time, fourth watch of the night, probably from 3 to 6 a.m. and stuff like that. And so the disciples are doing what? They're, they're worn out. They've been rowing, they've been doing things, probably a little cranky at each other. Quit throwing that water in my face. You know, upset at each other. Sometimes people may say, well, how are you doing? People say... Well, not bad under the circumstances. But I want to encourage you, you can be on top of the circumstances. 
Consider, considering all that's going on, thank you, Jesus. We're doing good. We're doing good. We faced a lot of battles in our life with our daughter sick or cancer or all kinds of stuff like that or finances, bankruptcy, different things. But I'm just here to say that God is bigger than those things. You can be on top of the circumstances, not just weighted down. Well, not bad under the circumstances like you're ready to fold. Because he made you to win. He made you to walk. He made you to walk in, in this victory. So let's come in verse, uh, verse 26 there. So Jesus comes. They see Jesus and he's walking on the sea. Now, what is Jesus doing? He's walking. There's a storm. There's winds. The waves rough. And Jesus is walking on top of the problem. He's not swimming. He doesn't have a life jacket on like, I'll make it. Just keep hanging on, guys. I'll get to the boat soon. No, Jesus is walking on top of the problem as he's coming out there. And it says they, they're troubled because, look, people don't do this, right? It goes against everything that is in the natural, right? It's supernatural. God is supernatural. So we're confined to this natural realm, but he, he lives in the supernatural realm where he wants us to have faith in, right? So Jesus is walking on the problem where the sea is turmoil, the, oh, the storm and all that. They're troubled. It's a ghost. And Jesus immediately says, speaks to them, says, be of good cheer. Hey, has anything changed? So we get into our lives and we're just, we get stuck. We're stuck. I mean, we're in the boat. We feel like it's half water. We're going down. Nothing's happening. And the Lord is saying, good cheer. It's like, yeah, good riddance. Get out of here, you know. No, he'll say, be a good cheer. Why, why would we say, be of good cheer? Why would we say, cheer up? Well, he's the answer, right? Notice he says, we're not just saying it any, into anything, but we're saying, he says, it's I. Do not be afraid. So fear, fear is the enemy of faith. Amen. Jesus, he will never leave you. He'll never leave you. He just wants you to hold on to the promises. Jesus is on top of the circumstances. And he said, hey, it's me. Don't be afraid. Cheer up. We don't know how many total were in the boat. We know for sure there's 12 because he sent the 12 in the boat and so forth. But he's telling them, he's telling them to be, to be encouraged. Right? He's telling them it's a time for faith. It's not a time to quit. It's a time for faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a time for faith. Every one of us here in this room, those joining us, Facebook Live, God bless you. We welcome you from... Across India and Africa and Europe, we just welcome you in the United States. God bless you. He is with you. He's on your side. Uh, we know a lot of you have already celebrated the Resurrection Day, Easter. So God bless you. I've already seen some of those meetings. Praise the Lord. But, but Jesus is bigger. Amen. He wants you to, to have faith in him and hold on to courage. All right. Let's look at verse 28 a second. So Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out of the come to you on the water. So out of the 12, there's one who has faith. And it's Peter. So, so understand now, nothing's changed. Not any circumstances have changed. There's still the wind. The boat is still rocking up and down. 
There's still all this turmoil going on around them. And Peter says, if it's you, bid me to come. Now, we don't know how far away Jesus was from the boat, but significant because he wasn't jumping into Jesus' arms, all right? But he did say, bid me to come on the water. Help me to walk on top of these circumstances. Help me to walk in the victory that you have. And for all of us, this is, this is a challenge of faith because he wants us to do this, right? So Peter has to do what? He has to get out of the boat. Now, this wasn't a canoe, right? You got a lot of people in this boat going up and down. And so I would guess at one point he's getting one leg over the side of the boat. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to get one leg out. Because <laughs> it's not going to happen. In other, words, in other words, the other disciples weren't in faith and they weren't pushing him like, yeah, get out there. We want to see you drowned. You know, they weren't doing that. And Peter wasn't pulling him out. So in the midst of this, he's got to get a leg out. You know, he's probably feeling the water in his leg. And then, you know, his eyes are on Jesus. So he gets a leg out, he gets another leg over the side of the boat, and now he's standing by the boat. Boat's going up and down. And he begins to walk toward Jesus on top of the problem. He made us, he raised us up and made us to sit in heavenly places. He made us to sit in his presence. This see, as believers, that's where we're supposed to be. In other words, reside. Reside in his presence. Sit, reside. In heavenly places. So, so God gave Peter, gave Peter one word. And sometimes we would like a prophetic word. Thus saith the Lord. O thou man of God. O thou woman of God. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we want a long out. And, and he gave him one word. I like, you know, I, I love it. A lot of Jesus' prayers were short. This was a short command. Come. It implied you can do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do it. You can do it. It's not, it doesn't come down to your, how great you are. It comes down to how great he is. You can do it. So Jesus says, or Peter, Jesus said to Peter, come. Peter gets down out of the boat. Notice he had to get down out of the boat. He walks on the water to go to Jesus. I say, hallelujah. All things are possible. Amen. All things are possible when we just put our trust in the Lord. Hey, that just reminded me of Sam's testimony. Yeah, Sam's saw a good friend in India. He's running from his friends, and they've got machetes and different things, and they're coming after him because he had become a Christian, and they didn't like it. And, and so Sam's running for his life, and he comes to this place where there's a river, and, and the river is quite wide and so forth, but he comes to this place, and he's running so hard, he just hits the water, and he keeps running, and he gets to the other side, and he collapses. And then he turns around, and his friends are all on the other side like, what, 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 what's this? And he looks down, and there's water his, his, for his, for his uh, gown. Stuff. The water was just above his ankle. And he never sank down in the water. He walked on the water, and God delivered him, and God spoke to these other friends and so forth, about the God who he was serving. Peter walked on the water. And you have to realize, Peter said, hey, Peter, don't be a doubting Peter. No. Hey, hey, he walked in the water. Pretty good. I would guess that the other disciples are on the boat like, wow, 
Can you believe that? And he's probably listening to him. And then, you know, then all of a sudden Peter stops and notice he sees the wind. It's boisterous. He's afraid. He sees the wind. He sees the waves. He sees all these things and he begins to sink. I don't know about you, but when I sink, I go pretty fast, right? Uh, if, I'm, if I'm in a lake or whatever, boom, it's down quick, right? So it's the same, the same for Peter. But Peter's walking on top of the problem. Made no logical sense to the natural mind. It doesn't have to make sense. Faith is faith. Faith in God. Faith in Jesus Christ that he will take care of you. Amen. So Jesus, of course, in verse 31, reaches out. And I would, I would call this like a nanosecond, boom, that Jesus stretched out his hand, catches Peter before he's underneath, <laughs> catches him. And it says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, now again, he says, little faith. And I'm thinking, wowzer, he's walking on the water. He's be like our champion of faith. Look at what Peter's doing. And Jesus said, little faith, don't, don't, why did you doubt? If I look at my circumstances, I'm going to be discouraged. If I look at the things that I face in life, I might be depressed. But if I look at Jesus, I will be encouraged and I will have hope and I'll You're bigger. You're bigger than anything that I face. He always is, folks. If you get a bad report, and you might think, Oh, Lord, I got a bad report. It's not news to him. He already knows your tomorrow. He knows everything about you. So it's not news to him. It's just news to you. But I just want to say he's already there to help you. No matter what's happening, he's already there to help you. He's never there to say, Boy, you really blew it. And Jesus here, when he's talking to Peter, he's not saying it that way. He said, oh, don't doubt. He's not calling you a big loser. He's not saying that at all. Jesus is always an upper. He's there to encourage us to say, oh, I like that. You can, we'll do it again. Because actually, notice it says when they got into the boat, I don't think Jesus carried him. I remember, I remember something in uh, life-saving class water courses. We had the fireman's carry, you know, and you hook someone around you, you know, and you, you carry him through water and stuff. I don't think Jesus was doing that. Or we had people, you know, life-saving courses, and you get your arm around, you turn them around away from you, but you put your hand under their chin and you bring them back to the shore, to the boat. I don't think he was doing that. I think he just caught him. He says, why did you doubt? I think they walked back together Amen. on the water, Amen. back into the boat. He's always, he's always encouraging us to do what? Get up. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up. He puts you on top of your circumstances. Let's put it this way. He puts you on top of the events of life. There are lots of events of life. You, know, you can meet somebody and say, oh, you don't know what happened. And, you know, I mean, maybe they lost a family member. But, folks, everybody does, actually. You live long enough and... You bury your parents, or you bury loved ones. You get our age, and you realize you're closer to the front of the line. (laughs) And and there's just, uh, you've lived a lot of life. So he puts you on top of the problem. He he puts them in the boat. Why did you you doubt? Amen? You can rise to the top. Jude, Jude, the book of Jude, Jude 24, is just a verse in Jude. And it says this, 
He's able to keep you from stumbling. Another King James says, keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling, to present you faultless before his presence with his glory with exceeding joy. God is able to do that. And our part is just to hold his hand and to walk through this life in the victory that he's got planned for us. Proverbs 13 just says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So many, many believers, we're just talking to believers here now, but many believers are, are sick. They're, they're discouraged. They're down. And, and they've had hope, but it's deferred. In other words, they haven't seen an answer to their prayer. They haven't seen uh, the manifestation of things. But deferred doesn't mean it's not happening. It just means it's postponed or prolonged or delayed. Because it says, but when? Say when. When the desire comes, it's like a tree of life. The answer is coming. How long do we stand? Till the answer comes. That's our time of faith, right? That's our time of faith. So if, that, if that's three days, okay, it's three days. But if that's years, then that's years. It's not like, oh, I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to believe in you. But if you don't show up in the next year, it's over. No, no, we're going to trust him. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He's the one who forgives us. He's wonderful. So, so that's how life is. I mean, we may, we may stand and some things, praise God, we see quickly. And one healing in our family took 12 years, but we continued to stand. Glad we did. <laughs> Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you should stand. Don't, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. The answer is coming. Delayed, postponed, or whatever, but it is coming. Now, in Ephesians 4, then this. We're going to close here in just a minute. Ephesians 4 says this. It's one body, one spirit, called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6 says, One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and notice this now, and in you all. Say, He's in me. So we have the witness of the Spirit where Christ lives in us. Now, if Christ lives in us and he's above all, then we are where? We're above all, right? We're above the, the skirmishes and all the stuff of the world. Still live in the world, but we live in a different plane. I've had people ask me, why, why can you be happy? Because of who I know. <laughs> he makes me happy. He's the one who's given me life. When we had when I had cancer treatment and so forth, and being seeing a doctor, and they would ask every week you had an appointment, and every week they would ask you how you were how you were doing. Like was I down? Was I discouraged? Was I going to give up? And and then I said, Yeah, you think, do you ask me if I'm depressed? Uh, yeah, I said I'm not. Yep. And then for weeks I would share every week I'd be able to share with the doctor about Jesus and how good He is and how yeah. good life is. Amen. Let me just say this, and I said this to the doctor. Everybody's going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People don't like to hear that. Oh, I don't want to hear that, because doctors say, well, I'm healthy. No, you're going to die. I just informed them, you're going to die sometime. Everybody does. That's life. So unless Christ comes, that's how we pass. We're going to live our life for his glory, live in this earth as lights for him, and then we're going to pass on to be with him Amen. forever. He made a way for us. So it allows us to have this victory, this wonderful victory, because he's through all 
in you all. Yes, amen. Say again, say, he's in me. He's in me. Christ is in me. He's in me, the hope of glory. Thank you, Lord. How encouraging, amen. He's alive. Thank you, Lord. You know that verse, um, I wrote it down here. When you said from Matthew 14, it said, you read, Peter came out of the boat. I don't know, it just really struck me. Like, for me personally and um, things in my life, with God's help and keeping my eyes on Jesus, I've been able to get out of that boat. You know, what, what boat are we stuck in? What boat of, of doubt or unbelief are we in? Or um, maybe it's disappointment or um, maybe it is something, you know, you're not feeling well. Um, we can stay stuck in that boat. But it says when Peter came out, he came down, came down. out of the boat. Yeah. So we can take our first step today. Amen. Amen. Let's just take our first step to get, we've, we're all in some kind of a boat. Yes, this is the victory that overcomes. But, yeah. you know, even after you know the Lord a long time, you know, I can still find myself slipping back into a boat I don't want to be in with a big storm going and a lot of wind blowing. And, but, but Jesus calls us Amen. out of that boat. Amen. I don't know, I just think if you just pause for a second and just think about yeah what that boat is, because when I'm in that boat, all I see is the problem. <laughs> when I'm in that boat, I, I'm focused on my circumstances. Come on now. Yep. Yep. Um, people may let you down, but there's one calling your name. He will never let will you down. He will never let you down. He's calling Jesus. you Amen. by your name. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember Mama Perry years ago, she gave us a book. One time, you know, we've been in the ministry now for, by God's grace, 42 years and um, so there were, there's been storms. There's been boats we've yeah. been in. And um, Mama Perry came to our house one day, and she knocked on the door. We lived in Volga still at the time. And she said, Jeannie Joyful, I have, a, I have a book for you. And I said, oh, thank you, Mama. And Mama's been with the Lord now a long time. But anyway, um, I, I, we looked at the title. Didn't the title just set us free? Do you remember it? No, I got to remember <laughs> what book I'm waiting. <laughs> like you, I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. The name of the book was "Turn Your Back on the Problem." Uh. Can we do that? Let's turn our back on the problem. <laughs> turn your back. And you know, it was like I don't even think I read the whole book, but I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. And you know, like you know, Peter got out of that boat, or we're getting out. Of, we're getting out of our boat today. Amen. Amen. And just keep that in the background. <laughs> you know, doesn't the word say that looking forward, I press yeah. forward. Forward. I keep my eyes on the promise, keeping my eyes yes. fixed on the things that are before yes. me. Yes. And we shall win. We shall run. And I just believe in the spirit that we're out of that boat right now. Amen. We're out of discouragement. We're out of Amen. depression. We're out of debt. Amen. Amen. We're out of being grumpy or, or mean Christians. Amen. We're not mean. Hey, let's turn to somebody and say, I'm not a mean Christian. I'm not a mean Christian. I'm filled with love. Say that. Jesus lives in me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Amen. 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 I turn to your neighbor also and say, be nice. That's true. <laughs> if you can't be anything, be nice. That's right. 
Let's you don't even be have nice. to know a lot of scripture. Just be nice, right? I like this. So we're on Facebook Live. Uh, Jeannie's, you know, texting and putting things, and people plug in from all over yes. the world and so forth. But it's a great way to communicate. Yes, we have an, and to plant seeds and so forth for the gospel's sake. Online church family, and um, we talk throughout. And um, and thank you to Brother Michael, who's I think he's there. No. Okay. Yeah, he's helping today. Michelle's doing this. Yeah, but uh, he's doing the online ah, part with me. Thank Amen. You, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and um, See, I wouldn't do the online thing because you have to, you're texting with your fingers. And I'm kind of like, that was a good point. You know, and they're blah, 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 point. Just, just fast. Yeah, he's on your side. You know, let's, let's stand up a second. I'm right now, I want to do something else. So let's okay. stand up a second. So you're facing me, but, but act like you're just, just turning your back to something. So turn, turn to the side. Turn, turn, turn your side. Turn your, back to, turn your back to a problem. Now turn another way again. Turn your back to the problem. Turn, turn your back to the problem. <laughs> nothing personal to those you're yeah, getting your personal. back to. So now find a spot, or at least you can in your chair... Like you're going to take a step. At least you can take one step it's out. true. Take a step out. Take, take a, a step. step out of that boat. Take a step. It always, it always takes risk, right? It's always riskful. Like, what if, what if it doesn't work? Hey, Jesus is there, right? He's there to catch us. He's there for us. He's rich in mercy. He's there to help us. Amen. Uh, let me just put that last scripture from John. John 16 a second. Because he just said this. He said... Uh, uh, in me you can have peace. Now the world, the world is all kinds of trouble. Okay, I don't want to talk about trouble. I want to talk about the answer. Amen. The answer is Jesus, and He says, "Notice again, be of good cheer." Turn to your neighbor and say, "Lighten up." Lighten up. <laughs> uh, uh, turn to him and say, "Try to be happy." Turn, turn us. Try to okay. be happy. Because Jesus has overcome Jesus has the overcome world. The world. Well, he's already done Amen. it. Amen. Already done it. Already happened. Amen. Already for us. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so let's close our eyes. Let's, let's lift our hands a second. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you, thank you for this that you are Jesus. for us and not against us. We thank you thank that you're on our side. We thank you you've raised us up. Amen. And you cause us to walk in victory. Thank we you. thank you today for your presence. Your presence, Lord, is we so wonderful. So I pray for every person here or those watching. Jesus. I pray that they would experience your peace. Thank you. Just Lord. for a moment, take a deep breath. And be refilled and it's with the be Holy okay. Spirit in the name of Jesus. It's going to be okay. Just, mm-hmm. just hold on to his peace. Maintain peace. Stay in his peace. Your Keep peace. your mind calm. Don't let it race. Maintain peace. Keep your focus on Jesus. Maintain peace. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you. We are your people. I thank you for blessing every person here today, here, those listening, Lord. Blessing them with a great day of celebration. Even, Lord, as they see family members or friends, Lord. Father, I pray that your peace would prevail. It would be a wonderful time of sharing together. Thank you for families. Thank you for friends. Thank you, Lord, just just for your touch now in each life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Let's uh, close our service and compliment the Lord and just 
sing to him, say it. God, you're so good. Amen. God, you're so good. Just lift your voices. God, you're so good. Oh, you're a wonderful Savior. God, you're so good. Oh, you're so good. You answer prayer. You answer prayer. You answer prayer. Thank you in advance for the answers. You answer prayer. You answer prayer. You're so good. Let's tell them that we love them. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. You're so good to me. Everyone said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right. Bless five, ten people around you. Amen. Jesus' name. Tell them, He is so good. No. He is so good. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.